Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's our Europa League final preview. Villarreal, Manchester United, all to play for in the Europa League final. Jimmy Conrad with the betting tips, predictions, lineups, and Jonathan Johnson as well to give us the lowdown on everything from both clubs, how they got here as we get ready for the final on Wednesday. Que golazo Europa League final preview begins right now. After a season full of drama and excitement, a Europa League champion will be crowned on Wednesday, May 26th. European juggernauts Manchester United are looking to make room in their crowded trophy cabinet for yet another addition. Meanwhile, Spain's Villarreal are competing in their first ever European final as they look to write their name in the history books and secure a spot in next season's Champions League. You can watch the match via Paramount Plus in the CBS Sports app. It's the Europa League final. Villarreal against Manchester United at Gdansk Stadium in Poland this Wednesday. Jimmy Conrad in the house. Jimmy C, how are you, my friend? What's up, LME? What's up, everybody? I missed you guys. It's been a couple days for me since I've been on the show, so I'm excited. Obviously, we are here at the finish line of a very big tournament, and I can't wait to get into it. Absolutely. Uh, Jimmy, as you mentioned, we missed you, but good to have you back for a big one. The Europa League final as Villarreal face Manchester United. By the way, we will have everything for you here. All the updates, the analysis, the predictions, betting tips, of course. We'll have Jonathan Johnson coming later to talk a little bit more about the side from La Liga and Una Emery, of course. But we have to begin just setting the scene, Jimmy Conrad. This is it. The Europa League final. Manchester United against Villarreal. A great side from La Liga against, obviously, one of the most uh, important clubs in, in football history, to be honest, in Europe, of course. Jimmy, set the scene. Talk to me specifically about Man United. Let's begin there because obviously the Premier League uh, runners up uh, in the table, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer taking them to the Europa League final. Yeah, this is their first cup final under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So this is a big one, as you mentioned. Now, this isn't necessarily a trophy that I think, I don't know. I don't think when you start a season, you think, you know what? Let's win the Europa League this season, everybody. You know, it's not doesn't have that maybe gravitas that a Champions League trophy has. But once you get to the final, it ends up being a very, very big deal. So this is pretty monumental for Ole Gunnar in particular, especially because he had that semifinal curse where he couldn't get past the semifinals of any knockoff tournament. So here we are now. And this is actually, if they win this, could break the drought of them not winning a trophy for the last five seasons. And the last time they did was the Europa League in 2017. So this is a big deal uh, for a lot of different reasons. The only two players left over from that 2017 team, if I'm not 2017 team, if I'm not mistaken, is Paul Pogba and Marcus Rashford. So interesting. Now, let me let me give you some context about how Man United got here. Okay, they started in the Champions League. 
And they were lights out the first two group stage games, everybody. They went to Paris and beat PSG. Then they smoked RB Leipzig at home 5-0. And all they needed to do was to beat Istanbul Bashaksha here in Istanbul and then beat them at home in the second leg, or excuse me, in match day four. And they couldn't do it on match day three. They gave up a breakaway to Demba Ba from that guy's 65 years old and he gets a yeah, break. I thought he was like midfield. 74, Jimmy. It's, just un- like- it's <laughs> unbelievable. I, I still, it's unforgivable. And I still can't <laughs> believe that happened. And that kind of really turned the tide. And they ended up not winning the group when they were in pole position after the first two match days. That is still incomprehensible. But they get third. They fall into the Europa League. And since then, they've been pretty good. They knocked out two La Liga teams along the way. They actually had the toughest draw, I thought, in the round of 32. They got Real Sociedad, took care of them, 4-0 over two legs. And they had AC Milan and survived that two-legged affair. Paul Pogba had an excellent goal coming on as a sub in the San Siro in match day two, or the second leg for that one. Then they played Granada, the Cinderella of the Europa League, beat them 4-0 over two legs. And then they decided to whoop on Roma in leg one in the semifinal, six to two. Then since then, when they played leg two, this is where it gets a little tricky. They've lost three out of last of their last six, which started with them losing to Roma, three to two. And in the second leg, that is. They still went through, and they had a mixed lineup. And I feel like ever since then, they, they had secured second place in the Premier League. They, they had they'd been knocked out of the FA Cup. They, had, they, you know, they knew they were going to get through past Roma with that four-goal lead. And it's been mixed lineup central for Manchester United since then. And it makes me a little bit nervous for them because there's not too many teams in the world that can just hit a switch and like, okay, now, now we'll decide to play. Now we're going to have our best guys. And if we look at those last six, which included their 4-2 loss to Liverpool at home, I'm going to give a caveat here because they played four games in seven days. And that is ridiculous at this level. That is something like youth kids play, right? And even youth kids are like, can we just stop playing games? We can't do it anymore. Like just, they don't even have any muscles. These youth kids are like, I can't even, I can't even do it. My muscles are sore. Like, you don't even have muscles. So four games <laughs> in seven days for professionals is ridiculous. Okay. So we have to take all that into consideration. I think it's an important caveat. That said, when I look at the lineup that started against Liverpool, this is an opportunity to potentially knock out your biggest rival, one of your biggest rivals out of the champions league, which Liverpool did get in. Congratulations to them. It, this is the same lineup you're going to see most likely against Villarreal in the final. And they gave up four goals. Now, Dean Henderson started this one. I think David De Gea will probably start between the sticks for Man United, given his experience and all that good stuff. Even though we could argue outside of this Liverpool game, Dean Henderson's been pretty good the second half of the season. And Harry Maguire is going to be out. He didn't actually play in the Liverpool game either. But but they had Bailly and Lindelof starting. Since that game, LME, this is what gets me a little bit cause for concern. They haven't gone with Bailly and Lindelof since. And if you're going to build a rapport of your center backs that you want to start in a big final, you'd like to give them a run of games, I think, right? I mean, that's what I would do as, as yeah. a manager. So that made yeah. me a little bit nervous because it's been Lindelof, Twanzebi, Twanzebi, Bailly. And, and so what are you going to go with in the final? That's, that's, that is interesting because Villarreal can hurt you on the break. Yeah, before you carry on, Jimmy, I just want to like pause for a second and just focus on the importance of Harry Maguire not being part of this. Um, obviously, you know, we, there's another conversation about what could happen for him at the Euros. Uh, we're, we're thinking at this point that it might not even happen, but in terms of the Europa League final and what he means to Manchester United played every single game up to that injury point as well. It's a big deal. And it's mainly not even, I mean, obviously we can talk about better center backs in the Premier League and in Europe, but you know, to your point, something that you always discuss the leadership 
right? Controlling the back line, making sure that the team is organized and seeing what's coming ahead, especially when they don't have the ball. Just how big is it for Harry Maguire not to be part of this uh, in this final? Well, as captain, obviously it's, it's very big. They haven't performed well since he's been out, but as I mentioned before, there are some important caveats to take into consideration. What I'll say when you're building rapport with a fellow center back or with your defensive midfielders in front of you, McTominay has been, he's got a little bit of something injury wise. I think he'll end up playing. It's just, it, it's really important to understand where your passing lanes are. What, what decisions people make in, in high pressure situations in split second decisions. Like you, Oh, I'm, you know, when you're playing with a partner and you've played with them for 30 games, like Harry Maguire has put that time in, you know exactly what he's going to do in almost every single situation. So you know how to cover as the other center back, or you know how to cover if you're Luke Shaw and you're the outside back, you know how to block the passing lanes. If you're McTominay and Fred based on where McGuire has his strengths and weaknesses, Obviously, you can't play too high of a line with Maguire because he'll get played over the top. But with Tuan Zabi, Bailly, you're just going to play a little bit different with those guys there. Of Lindelof, even if this, this is the craziest part. And I know it just feels like I'm getting in the weeds here, but there's, we're talking about a cup final where all these little things matter. When Lindelof, who usually plays the right center back position, now has to move over to the left side so that Bailly can make room on the right side. That changes things. Lindelof isn't as comfortable because now he's moved over 10 yards. Excuse me, I just hit my mic. Over 10 yards. And now he's a little bit more on his left foot. So his passing out of situations is going to be different. And that's going to impact the team. There's these little ripple effects that happen. And, yeah, and, and he's the left-sided, sorry to interrupt, but Harry Maguire is also, he's a, he plays on the left side. He's right-footed, but his relationship with Luke Shaw is so important as well. It's a big deal. It's, it is a very big deal. So for him not to be in is, is detrimental to the team, I think, in a lot of different ways. Now, there is still rumors that he could possibly do it. And, and we saw this with Sergio Ramos. Just because you can play, if you're not actually match fit, it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to help the squad either. And we saw that for Real Madrid against Chelsea in the Champions League, the semifinal League two. He just didn't look like he was on the pace. And you have these really young, quick, fast guys that are running right at him, and he just can't keep up. And I feel like Harry Maguire, he hasn't been out as long as a Sergio Ramos in this particular instance, but he's been out. And, and do you risk that? Do you, do you put out a 80%, maybe even less, 75%, 70% Harry Maguire because of all the things that I'm talking about? Or do you put somebody in who's 100% fit? At that yeah, point, well, it's I gonna would go 100%. It's going to be less than 70%. I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah, last yeah, right. week was like, he's not even running yet. So, right, right. you know. So he's so, not playing. But, yeah. But, so let's let's move up the, the team here. Let's talk about the midfield and, and then pushing up. Uh, you, you mentioned that you should see... You, everything else pretty much writes itself, right? Bruno Fernandes, of course, in there. Scott McTominay should be okay. Fred as well. You know, and then we're looking to think about that trio. Anthony, Mar Anthony Martial also will not be part of this. So obviously, uh, you know, you would think that Cavani will, will spearhead this, uh, you know, up front. Is that what you think? Oh, 100%. Cavani has been lights out. Nine goals in his last 11 games. He has been on fire. And I feel like maybe he's come, and it's interesting. I bring some of the off the field stuff for on the field, but when you're settled, as a player and you're starting to, to find peace. Like, I, I don't know if he really wanted to stay at Manchester United. There had been rumors of him going to Boca juniors, which as a Boca fan, I would have been totally all for, but, but there were, you know, he just, he hadn't made up his mind about what he wanted to do. And then once he signed that deal, or once it was probably, I mean, they probably made it official a couple of weeks after it was agreed upon, but once it, you could sense that he started to shift and he bought in, like I'm here now, 
This is my squad. He has been fantastic since then. So yes, Cavani's definitely leading the lines. Bruno Fernandez gets a goal or an assist every single time he steps on the field, especially in the Europa League. So he's going to be playing. My big concern is Marcus Rashford. He, he, I, I love him. I love Marcus Rashford. I just don't know if he's always that comfortable on the right side cutting in. I actually think that Mason Greenwood has been a little bit more effective on that coming from right to inside because he gets on his left foot a little bit more. But because you got to get Pogba on the field as well, and you want him a little bit higher, he can be some of that connective tissue to help transition the team. He goes from left to right. I think Rashford's actually better on the left side, but he's got to make room for that and Pogba. So I don't know if this team is completely as efficient as it could be, but you got to have all these talented world-class players out there at the same time. And it feels a little unfair to Mason Greenwood because he's been playing pretty well, but he could be a nice super sub off the bench. Yeah. Before uh, we bring in Jonathan Johnson, before we take a break and bring in Jonathan to discuss Villarreal and Unai Emery as he uh, reaches yet once again, another final of the Europa League, but this is Villarreal's first. Before we do that, how important, Jimmy, is it for Manchester United? Because European Super League, the issues with the Glazer family, you know, reaching the Champions League second, very well done for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But how important would it be to get this trophy just to at least soothe, I guess, the tension uh, throughout Old Trafford? I think it would be immense. It, it, I don't know if the, 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 the disdain for the ownership is ever going to change. Trophies help, uh, you know, and they, but I just think they help for a little while. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a salve that only lasts for a short time with the fans because they can see they, they're, 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 it's a long-term play for the fans. They're in it for the long haul and, and they remember things. And, right. as they and Mourinho won it. Right. And then look what happened to him. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But, but I think with regard to the respect that we should be showing Ole Gunner, it, it would, it would continue to drive the narrative, at least from our perspective, because we always give a guy the hard time uh, that, that maybe he's better at this than we think he is. And, and I want to give up one stat really quick to prove that. With their win against Wolves, and you guys probably talked about it on the weekend, they went undefeated away from home in the Premier League for the first time since Arsenal did it in their invincible season in 2004. That's remarkable. Yeah. And that, that, that demonstrates a few things for me. One, he's got a team that knows how to cope with adversity. He, know, he has a team that knows how to deal with issues and knows how to prepare. Uh, and, and that's not always down to the players. That, that's a manager putting his team in good spots to win games and to get results away from home. And that mindset, I think, bodes well to having an away game for this final. Had, the, had this final been at Old Trafford, I'd be like, I don't know, Villarreal might get this one. But because it's away from home, they have been excellent in every single facet of this outside of that one game in Istanbul. How do you give up a breakaway to Demba Ba? I'm not going to let it go, LME. <laughs> Especially because he's so old. He's so old. <laughs> No, very, very good point. Really good points there, Jimmy Conrad. And by the way, don't go anywhere because Jimmy, obviously you've, you, you're probably asking yourself, where are the betting tips? Well, they're coming, everybody. Calm down because there isn't just one team in this game. Villarreal, a tremendous club, finally in the Europa League final with Unai Emery. And we'll have Jonathan Johnson coming in to just give us a little bit more perspective. And then all the betting tips goodness will come in. Que lasso Europa League final preview. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, que golazo. Listeners, I wanted to let you know about what's on CBS Sports HQ this week. As always, CBS Sports HQ is the network to start your sports news day at 8 a.m. Eastern with morning buzz, an hour of highlights, news, and all the days need to know. And come back or leave us on all day at 6 p.m., where we break down all the night's action and release dozens of picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world. But this week, baby, this week is all about the action across the pond. HQ, you can find it playing 24-7, 365 for free in the blue CBS Sports app on your connected TV. Has two hours of lead-in programming ahead of the both the Europa League final Wednesday and the Champions League final on Saturday. And after the matches conclude, don't leave the app as HQ will have extended coverage of both matches, breaking it all down with the best soccer minds out there. Like I said, go to your Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, really most connected TVs and look for the CBS Sports app. Fire it up, check out HQ and hell, tell us what you think about it on Twitter, please. That's how confident I am. You'll love the way we break down the beautiful game and all of your favorite sports. Welcome back, everybody, to Kigo Lasso Europa League final preview with Jimmy Conrad, of course. And joining us now, Jonathan Johnson. JJ, how are you, my friend? Hey there, guys. Doing very well. Thanks. And yourselves? Everyone happy that Lille won the title over PSG? I know, I know Jimmy must of be co- having it. Of course. I am thrilled <laughs> that an American international, Timothy Weah, won the Liga title. So that's big news. Absolutely. Well done, Lille. But this is the Europa League final preview. And JJ is here to give us the lowdown on Villarreal. El Submarino Amarillo, the Yellow Submarine, and see what they can... Oh, and Jimmy, I just realized if you're watching on YouTube, man, he changes those shirts so quick, Jimmy. Looking good. <laughs> Looking good. I, I, I'm just here to support the winner, okay, everybody? Yeah, oh, exactly. Fla- flavor, flavor of the week, this guy. Let me, go, you- let me go get my Lille jersey really quick. I'll be right back. Well, I was going to say, you need a ref jersey then, I guess, depending <laughs> on what happens. But anyway, uh, Jonathan Johnson, welcome, my friend. And with you, I wanted to get some info on Villarreal. Uh Basically, you know, just their overall journey, making it here and, and just the expectations, lineups, et cetera. So, JJ, take it away. Talk to me a little bit about the Yellow Submarine. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I think when we were looking at potential routes to the final, when you know that Unai Emery is the coach of a team in the Europa League, there's almost an expectation that they're going to get to the latter stages, if not the final itself. So, you know, I think that that... Uh, you know, has, has taken care of itself. Uh, you know, and I think it was quite poetic as well that Villarreal, you know, got to the final at the expense of Arsenal. You know, that I think that must have been quite a cathartic moment for, for Emery. Uh, and now, obviously, it's a, big, uh, it's a big challenge for him. Again, going up, going up against a team that he's familiar with after his time with the Gunners in Manchester United. Uh, but the one thing that I would say is that sort of up until that Arsenal clash, I think Villarreal probably got what many people would feel was the more favorable route towards the final. You know, I think uh, Aroma might have given them more problems. Then again, the way that Roma kind of collapsed against Manchester United, maybe they wouldn't have. It's, I think it's certainly, uh, you know, something that uh, Emery is going to be motivated for this final, you know, the last time that he was in a Europa League finals with Arsenal, but they lost out to Chelsea. So he's got the three titles to his name, one runners-up medal. 
And now it's the question of whether he's going to end up with four winners medals or another runner up medal to go with it, which, you know, sort of would be more in keeping with, with where his career has been since, uh, since leaving PSG and the silverware that he picked up there. So it's, you know, I, I look as well at the way that Villarreal finished the La Liga season, because it felt like a couple of months ago, we were talking them up as potential champions league contenders, and then they've fallen away and they've got that Europa conference league spot uh, that's tied up uh, depending on the results, obviously in the Europa league final. So for me, it feels like it, it was a bit of a wasted uh, opportunity these last couple of months. And I, I have to say, Looking at it, it, it reminds me of some of the problems that some of the French clubs face when they're trying to balance continental and domestic duty. I just don't think that Villarreal have that strength in depth needed at this moment in time to compete on both fronts. Yeah, no. Um, I was just, just going to jump in and say that Villarreal, to your point about the Conference League, I mean, they have to win this game to get Champions League next year. There's a different type of urgency, I think, and desperation that Villarreal can lean into a bit that maybe Manchester United doesn't have. And we've seen since Manchester United knew they were going to beat Roma in the second leg and knew they secured second place in Champions League football for next season. They had a bit of a drop off. And yes, I know they played a, a lot of games in a short period of time, and that's going to be expected that there's not going to be that. And they mixed up a lot of lineups. Villarreal, though, had a lot of must win games to JJ's point and didn't do the job either. So that makes me a little bit nervous. However, because of that desperation, because they have a chance to, to to sneak into the Champions League, going through the back door of the Europa League final, and because of Unai Emery's experience, it's really hard to go against these guys. And we'll get into the bets in a second, but it's really heavily favored to Manchester United. I think there's some great value for the Yellow Submarine. No, there is absolutely also, right. Go ahead, Jeff. There, there is also motivation on United's side, given Solskjaer's flaky history uh, when it comes to finals. You know, he'll also be super motivated to get that uh, weight off of his chest as well, I think. Yeah, let's focus a little bit on Villarreal squad for a second. Uh, you know, this week, uh, La Selección La Roja, Luis Enrique did put out uh, his Spanish side uh, for the Euros. The, and, uh, well, no Real Madrid players, actually, for the first time in the history of the squad. But Villarreal, well represented. Pau Torres, a fantastic center back. Moreno as well. Talk to me a little bit about this squad, JJ, because I'm looking at it. And you know what? No, Harry Maguire, sometimes it can be defensively vulnerable. They, they can do some damage here, don't you think? Yeah, they, they absolutely can. You know, I think Moreno has been one of the in-form attacking players uh, throughout the season in Spain. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of speculation about a number of the players also in this squad. Uh, you know, whether this, this group is going to be broken up similar to, similar to the way that many people are expecting that Lille uh, will be picked apart at the end of this season. You know, but I also look at it and, you know, I do like the fact that there's a fair few quite experienced heads as well. You know, you've got the likes of Raul Albiol, uh, you've got Carlos Becker, uh, you've got Etienne Capu. Uh, you know, those guys have been around and experienced quite a lot. So there, there is this nice mix, uh, you know, of, of young emerging talent and some very experienced guys, you know, Paco Paco. Cathedra as well. Uh, another guy who, uh, you know, has, has seen a fair bit uh, during his time and, uh, you know, also knows how to find the back of the net. So, I, you know, I think that this is a, it's it's an underrated squad, uh, in my opinion. You know, there's there's been some smart additions to it. I think, you know, it's it's been quite interesting to see how Juan Freuth uh, has sort of re-emerged uh, as a talent after he was largely forgotten at, uh, at, at Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, you know, and I think that overall, um, I think that there, there's less star names in this squad uh, than there is in the Manchester United squad, but there's equally uh, a lot of talent, uh, you know, and I feel that, 
it's more it's more united the the, the Manchester United's team. There's less sort of no individualism. <laughs> <laughs> so so JJ, talk to me about Samuel Chukwueze, who's not going to be playing in this one, unfortunately, because I feel like he provides a dynamic that maybe Villarreal won't have, and maybe they don't have the same type of balance because you could have Chukwueze on one side and Gerard Moreno on the other, and have. Baca up top or Baca Alcacer to, to kind of be the pivot number nine uh, up high. How do you see Villarreal kind of countering this? Because I think without Harry Maguire, Chukwesi really could have taken advantage of, of maybe some of that space that's going to be open. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he'll be a big miss. But the thing with Unai Emery is, you know, he doesn't really like to stray away from the tried and tested formulas that he's gone with over the past. Uh, you know, and I think if anything what his time with Arsenal taught him and his time with PSG as well is that he has uh, certain methods that succeed in certain competitions, you know, and his preference for 4-2-3-1 works well in Spain. uh, And it also works well at this level in the Europa League as well. So obviously in that sort of setup, you require two very pacey, uh, incisive wide men in the attack. So obviously Chuck Rosie missing out, uh, you know, will will take away a bit away from the, the attack. But I also feel that, you know, Emery will feel that his players know the way that this system works by now, and they still have enough firepower, uh, you know, to go up against a quite a vulnerable United defense, uh, you know, and, and have some success there. I mean, I think we saw in this in the two legs of the semifinals, Solskjaer was experimenting a bit with his defense, trying to bring Eric Bailly, uh, you know, back into uh, into contention. And it just seems like it's been a bit too late in the day. Uh, for him to make too many changes because there there seems to be that uncertainty there. And I think that Villarreal, with the attacking talent that they have, even minus Chuck Rezi, you know, they can still hurt this uh, this United side. So for me, I think the danger for Villarreal is that Emery tries to overcompensate too much for, for such an absence and changes the, the system. Let's not forget, everybody, that Villarreal did not lose a single game in this Europa League tournament. I mean, granted... As Jimmy mentioned earlier, and JJ, of course, the, the, the journey was not as, you know, difficult um, as Manchester United, perhaps. But, you know, that there's something to be said about that, especially when you're competing in La Liga uh, week in, week out. But to Jimmy's point, Villarreal really need this if they want Champions League. That's it, really. That's really the, the bread and butter for everything. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about betting predictions now. Let's talk betting tips. Everybody listening right now, they've got I, their uh, their their phones <laughs> yeah. out, their notes out. Jimmy Conrad, I yeah, feel the Jimmy too much. Woo. But Ooh, Jimmy, it got hot in here. It just got really hot in here. I know it did. Uh, you can switch your shirt off again if you want. No, to. you know what? I'm gonna put on my gambling hat. <laughs> so Love it. I got my bookie hat on. I'm ready to go. Oh my god, you look so good. All right, listen, uh, Jimmy. I, what, actually, what? actually, I actually I want to start with JJ's. I, not necessarily your betting lines. I'll, I'll provide those, JJ. But what what do you think the score is going to be after ninety minutes? I'm I'm kind of curious after you've given this this breakdown of Villarreal. That's a really good question. I think it's going to be tighter than many people expect, especially after the blowout of goals uh, between United and Roma in that semi final. For me, I can see this being quite evenly poised, sort of a one one. I don't I don't think it's going to be sort of a two two three three, but I'm 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 tempted to go for one one. But something else that I wanted to add on Villarreal before we get into the betting, I don't know if it's going to play into into anything that Jimmy's going to say. Villarreal have this reputation. It kind of reminds me a bit of Bayer Leverkusen in Germany, where they're like the nearly guys. They've been runners up in La Liga. They've been runners up in the Champions League, which I think many people forget because it's quite a while ago now. But you know they have this history 
of getting fairly far in, in some of these important competitions, but never quite being able to go all the way. Mm. Yeah, you're talking, very... about, you're talking about Bayard Neverkusen, right? That's why they're called that. <laughs> exactly. Nunca, never nunca, real. We're exactly. Like, oh, the never very real. same. <laughs> never no, no, real. I got it for you guys. Nunca real. Nunca real. <laughs> nunca real. real. All right, listen, everybody. Uh, listen, Jimmy, before you give me betting tips, just a few. Fa- Villa, Villa, Villa Real and Manchester United. Aston Villarreal. Hey, listen, I can't help it. If I mean, like, for, when you read it, it's the same thing. Villa Real and Manchester United will face for the fifth time with each of the previous meetings finishing nil nil. So there's something to think about there. Villa Real have reached a major European final for the first time in their history. We know that, but becoming the 11th different Spanish side. On each of the last nine occasions of a Spanish side facing English competition in a European competition, sorry, uh, the the last to lose was Alaves against Liverpool in 2000 and 2001. So usually Spanish sides do okay. Manchester United would be the ninth side in 22 seasons to win the UEFA Cup slash Europa, uh, Europa League, having been eliminated eliminated in the group stages of the UEFA Champions League. The, that season since uh, this method was first introduced in 1999-2000. So just a few little informations. Jamie, William Hill's going all out on United, aren't they? Oh, my. It's unbelievable how heavy they are as favorites. Minus 120. So for everybody new to the American betting system, you have to bet 120 if it's minus. But it's minus 120. Bet 120 to win 100. On the flip side, Villarreal to win straight up is plus 360. So you bet 100 to win 360. The draw is plus 240 after 90 minutes. I'm leaning towards what you said, JJ. I do think this will be tight. I do think that Villarreal demonstrated, especially against Arsenal in the second leg, that they know how to bend without breaking, that they know how to survive and suffer a little bit, which seems to be uh, that Atletico Madrid won a league in La Liga this past season. Congratulations to them for for suffering, right? Very Diego Simeone-esque. But to your point, maybe, I don't know. So what would kind of, about the Neverkusen, uh, Nunca Real, I do think that maybe there's a draw after 90 minutes. I could see a one, one, and then their hearts are broken an extra time. I think that could be the way this is all going to play out. <laughs> so, so I like, uh, I like that a lot. I think the draw and under two and a half goals is plus three ten, And, and that speaks to me. You could get that zero, zero, which would continue the history of them always drawing zero, zero. Every time they, every time they play, I do want to give a shout to Edinson Cavani. In this season for the Europa League, he has got a goal or an assist every 35 minutes. That's what he's averaging right now. That is ridiculous. So him to score any time is plus 130. Him to be the first Manchester United player to score in this game, plus 230. I like that one a lot. Uh, Gerard Moreno, 23 goals and seven assists in La Liga this season. He has been lights out. Him to score any time is plus 140. You can get a lot of value here for, for a lot of, in a lot of different ways. Now, I did have one other prop that I wanted you to look at. It was... The match result in both teams to score. So the draw and both teams to score is plus 370. I just feel like the draw and the under at plus 310 gives you a little bit better value because you get the 0-0 and the 1-1. So that's just something to take into consideration. I I think this is going to be a draw. I don't think you can sleep on Unai Emery. To your point, Luis, they had 14 games in the Europa League this season. They've won 12 of them and drawn two. That is ridiculous. So why would that just go away and just disappear because things might not look great on paper at the moment or whatever it may be or whatever narrative you want to build as to why you think Manchester United is going to win? I don't think you can sleep on on Villarreal and Unai Emery, but you can never sleep on Spanish teams in this competition. They love winning the Europa League. Yeah. Now, uh, listen, it's very difficult for me to disagree with both of you because in my head, I'm like, 
can this be done in 90 minutes? I don't know, because when I look at the resume or at least the past few matches of Villarreal, they keep things very tight, you know, whenever the red card is not involved, because they, they had, they've had a few games where red cards have been involved. They thrashed Sevilla when Sevilla got uh, a, a red card for nothing. And then they lost to Celta Vigo when both teams as well got red cards as well. And in that game, the Villarreal-Arsenal game, they won... 2-1, albeit uh, those red cards came in a little late. So if things stay, yeah, talk to me about the bookings. Is that what you were going to no, say? No, well, I, I could go there. I wanted to, if you guys had anything you wanted me to look at, I can do it quickly for you. But there was one more I wanted to say. Come from behind to win or draw Manchester United plus 390. I could see that. I could see Villarreal well, scoring first. I was going there. Cover that. Plus 390 is really good value, everybody. There are two things that I'm going for. Villarreal scores first, United equalize, and then they win it late. And it's 2-1, 90 minutes. Thank you. Good night. The other one is the one that you guys just discussed. It's going to be tight, very difficult. Pau Torres, Albiol make a good partnership. I think they can do enough to control Cavani. Bruno Fernandes is the one that I worry about. Will Kapua get in trouble early on? I don't know. And then it takes it to extra time, and then United win. So it's one of those two. I'm trying to figure out which one. I don't know. Do I be boring and I just... uh, you know, Bruno, Bruno to score anytime is plus 130. So he's the yeah. same value as Cavani right now. Let me see about getting an assist. Go ahead, JJ. What do you got? I mean, surely this is uh, queued up for Paul Pogba to score a winning goal <laughs> in the final yet again. Yeah. That's true. Point. Let me look at Pogba is not even in the top five. Let's see. He, Paul Pogba to score anytime. Oh, plus come on, 400. The, the, the soonest special. Plus 400. <laughs> Paul Pogba to score anytime plus 400. That's We're not a bad also- shot. We're also disrespecting Moreno too as well. I think a little bit here. No, what, 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 what about if he scores the winner or if he scores any time? Scoring any time for Gerard Moreno's plus one forty-five for him to be. They give you these weird ones where you can like the bet the first home goal scorer. So to be the first player to score for for uh, excuse me, Villarreal. Villarreal, and I can't find it at the moment. I'll look that up. I also well, looked at I looked at Edinson Cavani to score a header plus eight fifty. I was like, what? Of a lot of cross. Yeah, isn't that a crazy value? Yeah. So, so there's there's some right. crazy stuff here. Um, uh, Gerard Moreno to score first for his team plus one eighty, and then if you wanted Bruno Fernandez to get an assist plus one ninety, I like that too. <sighs> All right. There's a lot. There's a lot here. I know. Just pick and I know. choose. It's a buffet, everybody. You just pick what you want. Pick. What you, you know want. what? I, I think I'm gonna go with Villarreal. I'm just going to go with it. I think the urgency that they need, I think no Harry Maguire. I think Moreno will want to make a statement. Una Emery is the king of this. Let's do it. Let's go. One all. Oh, you say one all. Got it. No, okay, fine. Well, what is it if Villarreal win in 90 minutes, 2-1? Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. It's plus 360 for that to happen. But if you want both teams to score and adding that in to kind of elevate the prop. Yeah, yeah, 2-1. Then match result and both teams to score plus 700 for you. Yep, let's do it. Boom. Wow. Uh, so Manino, look, at large. look at this guy. I know Jay, I'm going to be wrong. Going? What are you going with? United's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's it. That's our Europa League final preview. Final thoughts. Jonathan Johnson, the mic is yours. Yeah, well, I'm actually really curious to see who wins this one in the end, because if United are victorious, that's big news for the French uh, Champions League coefficient, because that will send Monaco directly into the group stage, which I think oh, is wow. going to be a big thing for Ligue 1 next season because I'm expecting this Lille squad to get picked apart now. They've confirmed the title uh, and I think it'll be PSG and Monaco who will be the two stronger teams in the Champions League group stage if United win. Wow, that's big. That's big for Liga. Absolutely. And by the way, that was crazy Liga when Lyon uh, fell apart there at the end. That was, that was crazy. Crazy stuff. So that's a good piece of stat. All right, Jimmy Conrad, 
Final thoughts. Yeah, I just think this really will speak to the legacy that Ole Gunnar leaves at Manchester United. I know that might feel overly dramatic, but he needs to win a trophy. It's great that he's done all these things. You can tell the team is is moving in the right direction. But if you don't have trophies to show for it at the end of the day, then did it even actually happen, right? You got to have some hardware to go with all the success you might be having or these making these incremental steps. And then obviously, if they win, I think it's going to be easier for them to recruit another player or two to continue to push in the right direction. So I think there's a lot at stake here for, for Manchester United and a lot of off the field ways as well. 100%. Well, that was it. The Europa League preview, which by the way, the Europa League final, you can watch on CBS sports as well. And we got the champions league final coming up later this week, Jonathan Johnson. Thank you so much, my friend. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you so much, Jimmy Conrad. Thank you, everybody. Hey, everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson for joining me today. Don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter, Pod. Please leave a question, comment, tweet us, tag us. We are right there on Twitter. Also on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. You can watch every single episode and much more on youtube.com forward slash Lasso. We're also on CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. Have a great day and enjoy the final. <laughs>